Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. So hey everybody, what's shaking? This is Matt. I am so glad to be chatting here with you for a couple of minutes. I wish I could have been with my buddies Mike and Wes as they recorded this episode of the Mega Cast here recently. Um, although I was unfortunately not able to be with them, I will definitely be back and the three of us will be together for an upcoming episode here very soon. Hopefully at some point in April of 2020. Um, but in the meantime... I just wanted to check in and say hello. I have been actually on a bit of a hiatus myself from my own podcast. Um, The last recording I did was in December, and I aired a few shows then. And then I took off January, February, and March um, to kind of give myself a break. I was going full bore for years and years straight, and I felt like I needed a bit of some downtime, kind of practice what I preach kind of thing, give myself a break. Um, And so... I am going to be recording more episodes in 2020, but I don't have a date quite yet. Um, of course, my co-host will um, will be with me again once we rejoin and kind of get rolling again. Um, but I'm definitely thinking of everybody, and I'm grateful to everybody who still listens to the podcast. All the replays continue to get you know uh, thousands of listens every month, so I am eternally grateful to you guys. I'm definitely grateful to Mike and Wes, my buddies, for allowing me to share a couple minutes. Uh, things are going okay here in Central PA. We are managing as well as possible. Um, you know, we've got plenty of things that we had already had before, so we don't. So that we're not going out and getting sixty thousand rolls of toilet paper and paper towels and all that other stuff. So we are doing pretty good here, just taking it one day at a time, uh, focusing on the things that we can control, 
focusing on things that are inside our circle of control, and doing our best not to focus on things that are outside our circle of control. And that's something I share with my clients all the time, especially now with so much uncertainty and people are struggling with, um, you know, what they're trying to, or, you know, basically struggling with the uncertainty of what's going on and the uncertainty of, of what the future holds. And, you know, for many that involves struggles with finances and jobs and layoffs and, you know, unable to get medications and, and, and worrying about, you know, the virus and, and seeing family and friends. And then there's the struggle of staying at home and social isolating and, you know, everybody's at home that normally isn't home and all those kinds of struggles. So, um, I am doing well here, uh, spending a lot of time. My youngest son is here, of course, um, since uh, school has been obviously canceled for weeks now, and there's no telling if and or when he'll be going back this year. So he's kind of doing his thing. Um, I'm doing mine, and we're we're just you know spending time together and hanging out and doing everything we can and keeping in touch with my older kids who don't live with me, and they're out, of course, doing their own thing in life. Um, but, uh, yeah, if there's one thing I can share uh, that maybe leave you with some thoughts with is this, and that's what I mentioned just a minute ago. In times like this, Lean on the tools that you have, lean on the awareness that you have, lean on the set of skills that you have, all the, all the self-care that you do, everything that you learn in therapy, everything that you learn with your coach, all the writing skills that you have that from your journaling or all the other stuff that you have going on, you have those skills and, you know, now more than ever lean on them because there are so many people in this world, millions of people, tens of millions all over the world right now who have no skills because they're not, you know, they've never had to deal with anything like this or they're not in therapy or they're not working with a coach or anything along those lines. So if anything, if you are someone who was working with a therapist now for any particular reason, you've got a set of skills, you've got awareness, you've got a lot of stuff going for you that you can use right now to help yourself, um, you know, whether it's self-care, whether it's a support system, whether it's journaling, whether it's arts and crafts, it's various types of therapy, whatever it is. Um, use that to your full advantage, right? And, you know, for those of us who are um, working with therapists or coaches or um, are therapists or coaches and we're kind of dealing with all this stuff as well, um, you know, we're doing our best to take care of ourselves, to use all the skills that we have to our advantage um, and really just trying to look at this as something that we deal with one day at a time, not looking too far ahead, what's going to happen next week, next month, six months from now, because that's stuff that is out of your control. You literally have zero control over most of what's going on. But there are some things inside your circle of control that you can focus on. You know, taking care of yourself, your family, being mindful, um, you know, keeping up with, with anything that you can do remotely with your helping professional, uh, your support system reaching out, doing video chats, journaling, um, social media chats, uh, basically coming together, being creative as much as you possibly can. And so, yeah, creativity can be a wonderful thing when you're in isolation, um, you know, because it forces you to kind of think outside the box. And when you do that, when you get creative, suddenly you're focusing on yourself. You're putting yourself first. You're being mindful. You're not thinking about the things you can't control because you're focusing on ways to help yourself. And that in and of itself is important, right? Because you're focusing on what's inside your ability uh, versus focusing on things you cannot control. Because when you focus on things you can't control, that creates anxiety. And once anxiety takes over, it can be very, very difficult to to deal with. Obviously, now more than ever, 
And so one of the important ways to deal with anxiety is to live in the present moment, to focus on what you can control, to reach out for your support system, to do all of your skills, your self-care, your journaling, your arts and crafts, whatever kinds of therapy you can. Um, you know, talking back to your inner critic right now, your inner critic is going to be flying off uh, the handle going crazy. Um, you know, kind of lets you know that, hey, you know, you can't handle this. This is never going to work. You're doomed. Nothing's ever going to go right. See, this always happens to you. Your inner critic is going to bring up all kinds of negative information from the past, all kinds of struggles from the past. It's going to throw everything possible at you to keep you stuck. And then your inner critic is going to use anxiety to its advantage. And once anxiety takes over, anxiety piles on too. Suddenly, you're thinking about all the struggles, all the things you can't control. How are you going to pay the bills? How, how are you going to get food? How are the kids going to deal with? How are the kids going to go with school? What's going to happen with my job? You know, my therapy. What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? And when you start spinning out like that, anxiety has a foothold and it piles on and piles on and it, it becomes much more difficult to deal with. So in those instances, when you, when you feel anxiety, uh, you know, kind of coming on and being really strong and kind of overwhelming, these are the times when you pause you breathe and you find a way to distract from what's going on. You know, I talk a lot about distraction as a healthy coping skill. Distraction is an amazing coping skill. Put your energy somewhere else doing any of the things that I talked about, any of your hobbies, all that kind of stuff. Try something new. There's there's a myriad of things that, that you can do inside your own house and in your immediate area if, if you're able to go outside to help occupy yourself. And anytime your mind is occupied, you're not thinking about the anxiety. You're not thinking about the stuff you can't control. And that is something that can really, really help you. Um, and then, you know, when you have the opportunity to work with a therapist or coach or you have an opportunity to reflect, that's when you go back and deal with all this stuff. Because a distraction is a wonderful tool. It just can't be your only tool. It's because if you distract and never go back and deal with it, it's going to keep coming back and keep coming back and, and hit you harder and, and with more of a vengeance um, than, you know, at the least opportune time and when you're least ready to be able to handle it. So... Use distraction as much as possible and just make sure that you reach out for the support systems that you have, you know, with your with your mental health professionals or medical professionals or your coaches or whoever it is to help you process all the things that you're distracting from to kind of deal with things. And, in, in, you know, in the in the immediate moment. Um, so that's kind of something I wanted to share, something I, I do all the time for myself, something I share with with clients quite often. Um, is really just, again, focus on what you can control one day at a time. Understand that this right now is temporary. This virus is, is you know, it's not going to last forever. Eventually, it's going to get under control. Things will start to go back to whatever a normal routine is. Sure, it's probably going to look a little bit different. Maybe it'll look a lot different. But you'll cross that bridge when you come to it. If you try and account for everything right now that you can't control, you're you're creating anxiety. Whatever happens, you'll deal with it then. You'll figure it out. And by not over worrying about it and over and over, um, you know, trying to figure it out ahead of time, overcompensating now, you'll have that much more emotional bandwidth and physical energy to be able to deal with it then. Because the more you worry about it now, the less energy you'll have to, to, to deal with it when you actually need to deal with it. So these are all things I talk about all the time with clients. And there's a lot more to it, but I don't want to take up too much time because I know everybody would rather hear Mike's awesome accent. And Wes has amazing radio voice rather than me. But everything's going uh, pretty well here as well as um, expected, guys. I'm grateful for everybody who reaches out, for all the all the social media stuff, uh, interactions, for everybody who's still listening to the podcast episodes. There's like 170-some up there, and I will get back into it. 
and we'll definitely be making more once we kind of are finished with our little bit of a hiatus this year. Um, so I'm going to send it back to the amazing Wes and the amazing Mike to finish this out. And uh, hopefully we will all three of us be back again very soon, hopefully in the next month or so with another episode of the Mental Health Megacast. I'll talk to you soon, guys. Sweet. Okay, well, the question of the day, how are you doing? I am currently okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> I feel like you just don't know what you're going to be like the next day, and we are um, we're trying to minimise our social interactions, but we're, we're not locked down, so we're still kind of doing some stuff. Um uh, just you sort of feel like every time you happen to see someone or touch something you're you're yeah. gonna yeah so yeah. at the moment at the moment we're okay um but um my girlfriend's uh, teacher in reception so she's still at school so they'll be back in on monday um for the children of key workers um so like services mm. um a couple of certain jobs that have been designated so their children are still be going to school um and i just yeah i constantly think oh in a school that's where you're gonna it's gonna spread um yeah so yeah uh, we, we are good at the moment how about you um kind of the same thing all of the schools statewide are shut down uh, my daughter just texted me last night and said that she heard that schools were going to be closed for all grades all ages um until at least April 10th mm. and uh, now my uh, I've only got one granddaughter who's in school right now and she is on she was on her spring break this week so she wouldn't have been at school anyway but um, you know with with everything businesses restaurants uh, all that stuff being closed down um, they're already driving each other crazy her and her siblings so another another two weeks of that and we're all going to be going stir crazy but um for the most part we're kind of in the same situation you are um you know the grocery stores are still open but Mm. every time i go there's increasingly empty shelves in a new department you know um in the beginning, it was obviously the the water and the paper goods and stuff, and then it went to the meat case. There was no fresh meat or hardly any. And then uh, I went yesterday just to kind of pick up a few things and, and look around, and it had spread to the uh, to the cereal aisle. You know, all of the cereals <laughs> gone, and you know, we're trying <laughs> new cereal this week right, because <laughs> exactly exactly you know the eggs the milk you're not you know you're just not finding anything and it's just it's the oddest oddest situation i was telling my daughter yesterday i said you know you could literally be 100 years old and say i don't ever remember a time like this you know i mean people remember the great depression and things like that but but to have this kind of a scare is not is that, and then I don't know whether you guys saw this, but last night on, um, I don't even think it started on social media. I think it started as a text where people were randomly getting this text that said something about, I heard from a friend of FEMA, the uh, uh, one of the government agencies over here, that the president's going to call for a lockdown on everything and no one's to leave their property for two weeks and all this. 
and turns out, I guess it was a hoax, but I mean, it, it got people freaking out for a little bit. I went on Twitter and there was dozens of people going, no, nope, this is all nonsense. This isn't, this isn't really happening. And then FEMA themselves put out something that says, no, 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 don't pay any attention to this. And I suppose there's that element, isn't there, of um, there, I, I can't imagine that they're not looking at and having oh, discussions yeah. about that. Absolutely. And you only need one person to sort of whisper that in a different corridor um, and it gets picked up because we've had um, a similar thing, I think, yesterday or the day before about um, rumours that we are going to be put on lockdown and that the army is going to be used to... yes enforce that mm-hmm. um and i can i can totally imagine that there are discussions going on about how that would look and how that would happen but i just as much as we are especially compared to yourselves a very very small uh country geographically i can't imagine there is a manpower to to do that i can believe they might look at locking down kind of major cities um right. where you do have kind of I guess traditionally a larger congregation of people um, and there is a bit more kind of I guess travel communal travel happening um, but like where we are we're we're on the edge of a village that's next to a small town that nothing like that is happening here I, don't, I can't see that happening um, everything um, always seems at the moment still to be very much we advise you to do this rather than being told or anything enforced. Right, exactly. And I think the biggest example that we're seeing over here is um, New York, obviously. That's your huge concentration of population and also where they've had the most cases state, uh, as far as the states go. And then I think San Francisco. Um, and there's just so many steps, like you say. I, I think in the smaller population. Well, I mean, we're in the middle of a desert. Sure, there's millions of people living out here, but I mean, you know, our state, Arizona, is the size of four or five eastern states <laughs> put together. So uh, we've still we've still got a lot of space between people. Mm. Um, I just think there'd be a lot of steps between here and there, you know, before we would, before we would see anything like that. But I, I, yeah, they're obviously they would have to be having those kinds of conversations Mm. planning down the road. But, um, you know, I mean, I I was encouraged a couple of, I think it was last night, but I heard it a couple of days ago that the, the epicenter of where all this began, they've had no new cases within, I think now it's up to 72 hours, Mm. which is, which is hopeful, you know, at least. um, And I like the way one of our agencies put it last week where they said, you know, we know this is going to hit a peak and then it's going to start tapering off. We're just Mm. trying to get that peak to arrive earlier you know, as soon as possible, you know, so. Yeah, um, I think that's probably a difference. I, I don't get that impression here in the UK. I think it's, they, there's been an, uh, initially a desire to, um, initially probably, a, yeah, a desire to, to do that. And we had a lot of uh, descriptions of herd, is it herd immunization or something like basically yeah all mixed together as much as possible those of you that are going to die are going to die and then we'll be fine but oh my goodness (laughs) and they were pretty much saying that um but that that (laughs) that um that has kind of shifted now to uh um being more proactive and more protective um with the hope that we are while we're working towards a peak 
that that peak is being quashed somewhat. Um, but yeah, we've had the same thing. I heard the news about the last two or three days now where there's been no new cases um, in one of the the the, the origin, original kind of town or, or centre. Um, right. But I think it's also important to remember that that location is kind of six to nine months ahead of us. Um, right. So it's keeping that in your mind as well. And I've um, got friends and colleagues that are trying to kind of postpone meetings and events and looking at sort of June, July. And I'm like, you, that is not going to happen. You, you need to be thinking about um, kind of November time to, to host and run things and be fairly confident that they can happen right um anything before the summer i think even if you think we might be kind of out walking around and things are a bit more normal it's going to have literally just happened that's not enough time for you to plan things and and host certain events and activities right over here we had a we had a a wedding in the family coming up next month and Mm. now they're scrambling and they've they've postponed it and you know, you're canceling travel and you're mm-hmm. canceling Airbnbs and it's just, you know, it's just gotten, it's gotten crazy. Like I say, my wife's already working from home. She's got all of her office packed up on the dining room table. And, um, and there's talk that, that my company may be doing that as well here pretty soon within the next couple of weeks. And yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's just an unprecedented time. Yeah, it's so so different and so unexpected for for so many of us. I think I'm I do feel very fortunate in that um, a lot of my job is is fairly kind of remote working anyway. Mm. Um, so it just means that rather than working in a cafe or moving around or doing some stuff at home, I'll just be doing all of it here. Um, so while it is a shift, it's not completely alien to me. Um, I am used to kind of not necessarily going into work every day and sitting with the same people and being sat at a desk with this, with that same kind of routine. So I do feel very fortunate with that. And we've had a couple of meetings online over the last week or so. And it's like I say, it's something that we've been doing probably since January. So I do feel very fortunate that I'm in a, a role um and in a team where we are already kind of geared up for some of the stuff that we're going to need to do obviously we're going to need to do more of that now but um Mm. just quite fortunate that it's not just such a a culture shock yeah same here i'm trying to i'm trying to take this as incrementally as i can and say okay i might have to get used to doing a little bit more here and and um you know just more phone calls more online um but yeah i mean it's going to be because <laughs> my company is a little bit behind the times as far as technology goes so <laughs> you know, it might take a little bit of work to get us up to speed but i'm sure it can happen if it needs to and um yeah it's funny because my wife tells me the other day she, she works from home periodically and usually on wednesdays and she says I'm too much of a social creature for this. You know, she says, I don't need to be around a big group of people. She says, but to be able to go down the hall and have a conversation with one of her friends, one of her coworkers, yeah. she says, she goes, it's, it's driving me nuts. She's got two dogs staring at her all day and that's pretty much it, you know, until I get home. So it's, 
you know, it's probably impacting her more than it would me. And of course, all the jokes online, you know, where people that are more introverted, like myself, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I've been practicing for this my whole life. I'm, I'm good, you know. <laughs> I suppose that's the bit where we uh, we've naturally crossed over, I guess, to the the well-being side of exactly of being at home and um uh it, like we say, you can have experience of doing some stuff at home, but in that enforced kind of structure of no, you're not, you're now kind of really minimising your time outside and minimising your time with other people, um and that can be really difficult, and you, you, sometimes it's really obvious. You're like know that straight away it's going to be like that but like you say actually just walking down the corridor and talking to someone else for five minutes really helps to break up your day it does it absolutely does and that and that does kind of segue into you know the next the next topic which would (laughs) which would be internally how are you doing do you do you feel um i i guess um just to start it off rather than blindside you with that question. <laughs> I, I think um, what I've noticed... That's our best segue ever, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it is. And all this time. Um, I, I don't feel a doom and gloom type thing, you know, all the time. But I do, in the back of my mind, kind of feel a heaviness of heart, I guess would be the best way to put it. It's, it's not that I'm depressed, but it's... There's just kind of a dread in the morning, you know, getting up. I think part of it is anticipatory anxiety where it's like, what's going to happen today kind of a thing, what's, you know. Um, But I'm noticing that my patience in other areas is short, seemingly unrelated to anything that's going on. But I just don't, I mean, I don't have a ton of patience to begin with, (laughs) but um, I'm noticing I'm a little more short-tempered than I have been in the past. not anything critical, but probably something I certainly don't want to ignore. Mm. I think it's, I guess it's those early signs as well, isn't it? Of knowing, um, oh yeah, I'd be fine. If if you'd have had to have done what you've done, but you were thinking, oh, in a week's time, I can just go back to work and things will be normal. Yes. Um, but realising that actually this could be an extended period of time. We don't know exactly what that looks like as much as, we can move around, I say fairly freely, if we really wanted to, we could be moving around. Um, that that might change in the future. But I mean, like we've, we've both sort of said, the, okay, we don't think lockdowns are, are happening right now, but there is a possibility that in a week's time, two weeks time, that, that might change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big thing for me is realising there are, there's a couple of things that I've noticed straight away and that's similar to you. Mine's the the early morning thing of that motivation to get up and get out of bed is becoming a bit more difficult because I'm not, I don't have to go. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be working from home. So I don't need to get up to go somewhere. Mm. That's really made kind of getting ready in the morning quite difficult. And that is a, I guess more of an overlap in terms of knowing that has in the past been a symptom of, of my depression right now it's not it's more because of the the situation um but it's the similarities that are there and the potential for kind of that element of relapse um 
but i think also for me a big thing is going to be starting to look at rather than just having a break from work and watching telly for 10 minutes or going into the garden i need to actually go for a walk especially while i can um right. is <laughs> is just going outside moving around not being in the same building all the time will will already make a huge difference to me right and, and i think you bring up a really good point there which i i hadn't really been thinking about too often is one of the things that my counselor has me doing is stopping for a second and recognizing where my feelings are coming from and a lot of times it re- and it's really helped because i'll go down this rabbit hole of my thoughts and increasingly i stop for a second mentally and go okay wait a minute that is just anxiety that is not reality that is not how things are right now that is anxiety um and and that helps but but it, it kind of helps me to focus on what you just said is there are triggers mm-hmm. you know it's like it doesn't okay i know that this is uh you know a society problem a thing that's going on worldwide but it does resemble feelings that I've had in the past that have caused anxiousness, that have caused depression, mm. even though they're not related, they feel the same. And that, you know, by definition is a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's having that, like you say, it's being aware of the, I don't know that the thought process, which I think we are probably much more able to talk about now because of our own experience in terms of um, having had that mental um, health illness experiencing those symptoms kind of coming out of them to some extent um i think when we've spoken in the past about therapies as well um we are we're quite practiced at having those discussions so there's an element of being able to talk to yourself in your head about okay this is happening i'm kind of realizing it um and I think that's going to be a really important thing for, for so many people that are going to start to experience some of those symptoms. And some of them might be because of that uh, mental health illness, but some of them might be because, um, or at least initially, be because of the situation that we're currently in and looking at how can um, we occupy our mind in a positive and proactive way um, to, to draw on other things. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you bring up a really good point in that, um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we're all, you know, in this community, at least, are all well-versed in having to think along those lines, um, as opposed to, you know, someone who's never dealt with mental health issues or anything like that before, they, they might be at a disadvantage to be in touch with how they're really thinking. Mm. I, and it, it helps me to, I, I just said to someone the other day who was saying, you know, as if my anxiety wasn't bad enough, here we go with, you know, even more of this. And I said, you know, the number one thing for me is, is to, de- is to not deny or is to, to not sit and try and deny that it's happening. Mm. Don't, don't sit and try and deny that this is making me anxious or that this is making me feel down um, acknowledging it is, is kind of key for me because since we have to deal with this stuff in our day-to-day lives anyway, uh, from a mental health standpoint, um, I hate to say it, but it's almost as if there is a comfort in knowing that it's not 
just my brain. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. a, there's there's actually there's actually precedent <laughs> for feeling yeah. this way. You know, it's not it's not something where someone's going to go. I can't understand why you would be down, or or I can't. It doesn't make any sense why you would be so anxious. You know, everyone is feeling it. So at least there's justification. <laughs> yeah, I think so, and I think is a, a a very clear reasoning for that to happen. I think kind of on the on the flip side, I've seen um, some conversations where, again, we're um, kind of hearing people talking about their experience and um, talking about having anxiety, depression, OCD, again, um, in a very kind of common, undiagnosed uh, slang language type way. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously we're being thrown into a very different environment. The conditions of our day to day lives are changing. Yes. And yet again, kind of, we're seemingly having uh, th- these same things happening where the language is is being used. I would argue inappropriately, but um, maybe that's being too picky. I don't know. Um, I th- but it kind of brings that conversation up again because we're just seeing that again and again. I think. Right. Right. Well, and, you know, one of the biggest things in my life has been trying to find examples, everyday examples to explain to another person, okay, that's what this feels like. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the example I use with with my wife is and I think I brought this up on on the podcast before is, you know, if you're driving down the road and someone pulls out in front of you and you swerve or you slam on the brakes or whatever and you narrowly miss hitting that person mm. stop and stop and think what that feels like that's that's anxiety now imagine you know the with the racing heart and the mm. oh my, you know what if if you know if not for you know and your and your mind plays out all these scenarios yeah i and i tell her i say now imagine that happening for no external reason at all you just start feeling that way. And um, who knows, once this is over, this might be the example or an example yeah. that you can use and say, remember when? Well, yeah. that's, that's, what it, that's what it felt like. Now imagine feeling depression. Imagine feeling that, that heaviness, that sense of not wanting to get up. Now imagine feeling it for no reason whatsoever, no external reason that that you can identify. You know, it just happens. It's just brain chemistry. It's why you know, it's 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 who we are. So maybe people will begin to, well, if they're self-aware at all, begin to take a look at those words that they're using at some point and say, okay, um, you know. As opposed to walking around going, oh my god, I'm having a panic attack. It's mm. like, do you really know what a panic attack? Is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like that um, that kind of image though of like you, like you said the example you gave because for me those work because it, it puts you in that position and you can imagine what it would feel like to to have that kind of near accident and that near miss. I um, I quite like I use an example when I talk about um, OCD of um like in the morning i haven't done it recently but in the mornings i'll um walk downstairs however you normally walk downstairs um <laughs> just walking down the stairs and not then, back, not yeah, no, so the right way the right way on my feet um and i'll get to the bottom kind of the step before the bottom step and i'll jump the bottom step mm. then 
that makes me feel kind of sad because I've touched all of the steps apart from the bottom step. So I'll kick my foot back to touch the bottom step. And that makes me feel happy because then I've touched all of the steps. Um, and I say that's kind of I would say I would describe that as a uh, compulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. However, um, right now, I don't know if I did that this morning um, and I don't have to suddenly stop what I'm doing and go back and do that. That's the difference between uh, a symptom and being diagnosed and having that condition or that disorder um, is that the impact that that has to my life is is minimal and arguably measurable to the activity um it's not a three-hour routine that prevents me from going outside or going to work or seeing friends um it is i don't know if quirk is the right word but it is a thing i do that has minimal impact on my life um and again it's it's having that understanding of of what those um what those conditions can be and that spectrum of, of symptoms um and those conversations that, that we have on a i say regular on a once or twice a year basis. <laughs> <laughs> periodically we'll yeah. just call it periodically yeah. yes but um but that's um that's a really good example that i hadn't thought of either even though i've i when i was younger i had um a lot of those little similar, like you say, I guess I would call them quirks. Mm. And the reason for myself I would call them quirks is because I don't think they, I don't think they uh, evolved into, like you say, I, I could feel my stomach kind of turn when you said a three-hour um, mm. routine that keeps you from. I mean that I'm like, okay, I can I can feel how that would happen even though it's never quite happened to me. Um, but I would guess going from that to where you are now for an individual, um, that should be seen as a huge victory because, you know, that's that's freeing, even though right now we don't really have anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah. It's that journey. I mean, I, I remember... Um... I think it was earlier this year I had someone come back on uh, my podcast that I'd spoken to two or three years ago. And uh, when we spoke a couple of years ago, they weren't leaving their house. Um, they'd been inside, I think, for over a year. Um, and then when I spoke to them this time, they are kind of they're still kind of home based, but they would go out for trips that can be measured and planned beforehand. And oh, um, if if that was the first time you would talk to someone, you'd be like, oh, that's what a situation to be in. But knowing um, his story, can see such a huge journey um, has already happened and so much progress. Um, and I guess that's where you come into like listening to each person's stories and their impact that, that their conditions, their symptoms have had on their lives. Exactly, exactly. Because we never, you know, I mean, and it's really common to say, you know, uh, be kind because we don't know someone else's journey. We don't know where their, their, we don't know where their rock bottom was or mm. is still. And, and we don't know how far they've climbed out of that as opposed to us or give ourselves credit for saying no one else really knows how low I got and where I am now by comparison. Um, so that's, yeah, that's huge to not, 
you know, not judge everyone by where I'm sitting and saying, oh, wow, you've, you, you're in a worse state than I am by far, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't know how far, uh, how far that person has, has come back mm-hmm. from whatever. And I think that's, I, I, I try to imagine, um, and it's difficult to, you know, if I was a person who was, I believe I have some, some undiagnosed OCD in my family, um, and I'm trying to imagine what that would be like in a situation where we're literally dealing with germs, you know, we're literally dealing with a virus. Um, and it just, you know, I keep those people in, in my thoughts a lot, just, just because it must be extremely difficult, you know, and, and, um, it's, uh, you know, and I think what you said earlier, it, there's no, if we knew this was going to be two weeks, I think we'd all be fine. You know, mm-hmm. the majority of us would be fine. But yeah. this open-ended, literally having no idea how long this is going to last, um, I think is the biggest thing. Which, if you break it down, is the fear of the unknown. It's mm-hmm. um, it's like I've always, I've always had a tendency to, even as far back as when I was a kid, if you're... If your parents are driving down the road and you're looking and there's you're going up an incline and you can't see the other you can't see over the crest of the incline. And I always remember thinking when I was a kid, of course, now I recognize this as a as a anxiety issue. But it's like, how can you drive over this incline, this upward incline, this small hill and not know what's on the other side? How do you know that you don't have to make an immediate left turn as soon as you get there? Yeah. How do you know? You can't see the road. So how do you know that it's there kind of a thing? Mm. And um, I noticed that even now in my 50s, I still have that um, that sensation when I'm when I'm driving over a hill or something. It's like, do you know what's on the other side? But that's that's literally what this is, is not knowing what's a little bit further down the road. And that's that can be terrifying. And because it's so different for for so many of us, for most of us, um, it's it's not anything we've ever um, known or we've ever experienced. I mean, there was a a couple of people um, in the, the supermarket last week that. I overheard talking about, oh, we should be rationing food, and that's what we did in the war. And like, I, there's a there's a couple of people <laughs> that still yeah. have, have lived through similar or measurable experiences. Right. Um, but for for many people, yeah, we've never experienced this. Um, the idea that the the our our government and our leaderships are directly, oh, not are directly and quite promptly having a, a an impact on our day-to-day life rather yes. than they are saying something and in six months or a year's time we're starting to notice very small things but we would never attribute it to the thing they did a year ago um we are or this week we've had um news conferences sort of half hour news conferences with our prime minister at five o'clock in the evening um, and what he's announcing takes effect from the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of di- direct impact is is something I don't think we've, we've ever seen. Uh, the, the closest thing you can come to is the morning after an election or a national vote. 
Mm. Um, and even then, all that you really know is the vote. Nothing has actually changed at that point in time. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just something we've never experienced. I don't know. I don't know if you've got the same thing out there with kind of updates on a daily or weekly basis. Yes, they're um, they're doing. Uh, I want to say it's like eight a.m. our time. Um, mm. The the president's up with the vice president, with all of the people that are on his senior team. As far as um, well, he's got medical people up there. He's got mm. uh, you know infrastructure people, government officials, this kind of thing. And and it's the same thing. We're basically you know getting the daily update. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's being politicized um, and, you know, you've got you've got half of the population saying, oh, he's completely wrong. And you've got the other half of the population saying, no, he's completely right. And I'm one of those people that always says, I don't care what the administration is. They always get too much blame and they always get too much credit. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the real life is somewhere in in between. And um, but, yeah, we're getting those updates. And it's it's true that that we're kind of in a position now where we have to trust our officials. And the majority of the time we don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a little bit like the sat nav, isn't it? I mean, you trust it so far, but you really do need to look out the window yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There, there, yeah, there's no there's no substitute for going and, and smelling what it actually smells like as opposed to taking the word for the one thing is it's uh it's getting people out we uh we took the grandkids uh uh to the park yesterday um with my daughter and the amount and i know it's a gorgeous day you're gonna see people up but the amount of people out i mean it almost looked like a rockwell painting i'm watching I'm watching guys, uh, you know, playing ball with their sons, and I'm watching kids riding around on their bike, and I'm like, most of you would be in front of a video game right now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dads, probably not the kids, but the dads, um, you know, or or you'd be on your iPad, or you'd be, you know, something. So um, there's advantages as well uh, to, to what's happening. I saw somebody say the other day, well, this must be where we have to actually start interacting with each other again on a mm. personal level. But at the same time, you can't. Hi, Brinley. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brooklyn. I'm, I've got a 10 year old and an almost three year old standing here with Starbucks going four, sorry, almost four. <laughs> They're standing here with Starbucks going, we have it and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> they they both saw the microphone and went. I'm going the other way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing. You're doing boring and stupid things. We've got our treats. <laughs> yes, yes, we have treats. We're good. You you've been. You know, it, it's like the ten year old. I have this ongoing joke with her where I say, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but I do enjoy the movies. And so I will always, every time she comes over, I go, oh, cool. We can go to my house and watch Star Wars. And she'll just roll her eyes at me and look at me and go, we're watching Barbie. And that's it. <laughs> Yay. I know more about Barbie. Oh, and just for the world at large, if you didn't know, Barbie, the doll, her last name is Roberts. All these years, I had no idea. But I know this now because I've, I've watched endless episodes of Barbie 
And um, and even because, you know, they'll be on Netflix, I will get a, a notification on my phone. Hey, there's a new episode of Barbie if you're interested. And I'm like, um, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Bar- well, I didn't even know Barbie had a last name. Had a last name, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did not know that at all until last oh. night. Is that... Um, is that Barbie's last name, or is that Barbie when she's married to Ken's last name? No, she's still single in the episodes we're watching now. They're not oh. married, so it must be... Um, it must be her name. It must be her, yeah, it must be her name. So. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Matt asks us. <laughs> so, yes. so, I couldn't make it, guys. What did you talk about? Uh, well, we talked about Barbie. Um. <laughs> talked about Barbie. Talked about Barbie's last name. Uh, talked about whether she was married or not. Yeah. Um, is Ken really serious about Barbie or is this just a passing fancy? We don't know. You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> but, yeah. So, well, and, and I would just like to say to all of our listener, I mean, uh, listeners. <laughs> that, They're both here. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, it's gonna, Matt's the only one that's going to be listening. So, hi, Matt. Um, Matt couldn't be here today. He had a work engagement, and um, that's why you're, you're, you're stuck with us. <laughs> well, that, that is the kind of crisis that we are in when the megacast is being delivered by two people. Yes. It just, I mean, we've been, we've been reduced by a third. So that tells you right now. That um, that things have not gone well, you know. Mm. They keep talking about the the uh, TV stations out here and like this. They're simulcasting between two different stations because they're running on a skeleton crew. We have the same problem here at the. Uh, yeah, at the yeah, 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 yeah. We've been doing this before it was um, well known. Yes, we've been working on no budget and very and uh, uh, no uh, no staff. Uh, yeah. with the exception of, of us. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I think, because um, we <laughs> we said we were going to try and keep it shorter, but we're, we're rolling up to our normal time. Um, yeah. I suppose to, to kind of start to round us off um, is what are kind of some of the things that you think are, are really useful well-being tips, either for yourself or for other people, that would be quite a nice way to to kind of round us off talking about some of the positive things that people could be doing to stay well. Yeah. Um, I think for myself, the biggest thing that, that is, um, uh, that is beneficial to me is, and I, I, by no means do I do this perfectly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, don't, don't isolate within your own head verbally. I mean, be a little bit, uh, daring, I guess, would be the word, and and tell someone how you're feeling. Um, don't keep it inside. Uh, like I say, one of the one of the things that helps me uh, keep on a on a straighter path and, and kind of on a, a, a mentally healthy path is recognizing that we are literally all the, in this together. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's literally the entire planet. Mm. Um, so um, share with someone. Uh, don't don't isolate. Even if it, even if it's just to go so far as to take a thought that you're having or a feeling that you're having and putting it out to 
to people on Twitter and, and tagging a couple of people that you that you know will understand, um, I think can be huge. And it's not only for you, it's for that other person. Because my hope every time we do one of these is that someone new or not new is going to hear something we say and go, oh my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and recognize that um, uh, you're not weird, you're not strange. Uh, there's not something quote unquote wrong with you. Um, this is part of it is the times we live in, and part of it is um, is our own mental state and our willingness to be able to connect, uh, even though we can we have to do it from six feet away right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can connect from all over the planet. So I would just say, please don't isolate. Please uh, share with someone what you're feeling, your anxieties, your your fears, your frustrations. Don't worry about, you know, sometimes I get in that thing where I say, um, if I speak it out loud, I'm increasing the chance that it's going to happen, <laughs> you know, yeah, which yeah. Is, is is not true. And um, uh you know, uh, stick with people who will understand, you know, at least to some extent, but always remember that something you say uh, might be beneficial to someone else because they might realize they're not alone. Mm. I think to kind of build on that slightly, I'm going to say, don't spend all of your time on a screen, but um, to, to reach out to people and have those conversations, I think is really important, as you said. And for me personally i think that's where if you're confident enough to give it a try or of um using facetime and things like that so you can actually see someone and interact with someone um i mean it sounds a little bit (laughs) when we're just doing an audio call (laughs) but um (laughs) yes we don't we don't want to look at each other because that would be awkward um i think is is interacting especially if you are if you are living on your own um really making sure that you are still kind of connecting and interacting with people and um i think that's personally i think that's a lot easier to do if you can see someone's face once you kind of get over that initial thing of always talking on a camera or by a computer um which is is how most of us are going to be communicating over the next six to nine months i think um so yeah use that opportunity to to reach out and check in with people and and have those conversations don't just kind of rely on just doing text messages and things like that i think actually hearing someone's voice and seeing their face is going to be really important as we become potentially much more isolated over the next few months yeah well said well said and it may not be a bad idea to look at this like mike saying in a, in a long-term type of thing where we're not when we're not increasing our own anxiousness by saying, "Okay, this is going to be over in two weeks," you know, mm-hmm. try to keep a loose, try to keep that that end game a little bit looser because this is either economically or health wise or both uh, is going to affect us for months and months and months to come, even if it ended tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, interaction some type of personal contact is is uh is much better than isolating um so yeah i think that's pretty much it why don't you tell everybody where you can be found um hiding in a home at the moment uh 
um so you can find all of my stuff over at mike's open journal.com uh most of the social medias are at mike underscore douglas underscore um i have got a number of different episodes that have gone out recently on the podcast um i think the blogging has been slow for the last few months but with this um added time to reflect there may be a couple more posts coming in the next few months (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm kind of getting into that mode too where it's like i really should be writing (laughs) yeah yeah even if it's a short one there'll be something uh and yourself I am uh, I am on Twitter at Wes A one nine six six. Audio Rising is kind of on. It's kind of ramping up, but it's slow going. So just reach out to me on Twitter. Um, also, uh, you can look at any of our posts uh, that have to do with the mental health megacast, and you can also find Matt. Um, oh, geez, I completely forgot uh surviving your past thank you thank you yeah uh check out his website he's got a lot of great resources and we're always out there so Mm. give us a holler and um mike i want you to take care of yourself um my best to you and yours and to you yeah and just uh we'll we'll be checking in with each other to make sure that uh that we're all in good shape and um just Moving forward, I hope this gets better in a in a hurry. Mm, yeah, same here. I think um, all of us, including Matt, obviously send our best wishes to everyone that's listening, and um, we hope that you stay safe and access any resources if you need them. Yes, absolutely. Everyone, take care. Prayers, thoughts, all out your way, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, Mike. Cool, you too. Um, enjoy the rest of your day, and. Um, Yeah, fingers crossed for the future. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll be in touch soon. Talk soon. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm-hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it.